It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back, Leafs fans, to Game Over Toronto here on the SDPN channel. You've got Harnish, Armand, and a special guest tonight, editor and writer for On the Forecheck and Renegades of Puck correspondent, Brian Basson. Welcome to the show, Brian. Happy to have you. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm uh, real excited to do this. Today's been a little bit crazy, but uh, I was really excited to come in here and uh, get to chat with you guys. Yeah, there was a little bit of scare with uh with the weather down uh down in Nashville right now, eh? Yeah. Happy you're here all safe and everything is is all good, but bit scary. <laughs> yeah, hockey was a good distraction. Hockey was a very good distraction after a harrowing couple of hours, that's for sure. Uh and here in uh in Leafs Nation, or I guess Toronto Nation, uh hockey was a Canada little bit of Nation. a distraction. Yeah, Canada Nation. <laughs> hockey was a little bit of a distraction um over the absolute shit show of a saga that was the <laughs> the Otani situation. Um I'm yeah. sorry, Brian, we're, we're going to get into the game real quick, but we have to take a little moment just to talk about this. Because oh, yeah. the Very pandemonium, important. the panda, absolute pandemonium that was happening in Toronto, in Canada, there was flights being tracked, restaurant bookings being tracked, reporters coming out and confirming the sign-in. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he signs for the Heartbreak. Dodgers. Yep. And of course, on. the Dodgers got him. I mean, come on. <laughs> our, our yeah, we should have a... known. We should have known the entire time that the Dodgers were going to get him, but we <laughs> had to get our hopes up. They had to get our hopes up that. I will say, I did... to be a rich dragon's den person flying from Anaheim to Toronto. Yep. Like it's it it really uh, was fun to watch because I think you know you guys up there in Canada, you guys haven't gotten to experience very much of the like we see the plane tracking stuff happen all the time in college football and stuff uh, yeah, down yeah. here, especially in the south. You know, with coaches going places and all the stuff and so it was nice because it was seeing like oh it's like you guys are getting to experience that kind of craziness it's almost always the first thing you you know the first person that blows up that says look at this flight path it's almost always wrong and completely misleading but yep. it's fun it's fun to guess <laughs> yeah yeah it was, a, it was a wild 24 hours for everyone in, in canada who was following well, you guys are you guys are putting on a pretty good face you know it despite it because uh it's pretty devastating stuff for y'all up there so <laughs> i don't know man the, the, the leafs fans were were booing ryan o'reilly tonight i think they were just bitter <laughs> that they lost out on another guy yeah yeah i mean Rough. so hey i mean we get the last laugh uh i guess at least against the preds tonight right um 4-0 <laughs> this was probably one of the most I guess complete games by by Toronto um, in a long time, and yeah. especially with Samsonov coming in, um, 
essentially just out of nowhere like that wall injury was horrible we got a quick update on him it was a high or it was a high ankle sprain um yeah. so he's gonna be week to week uh but the pro the the thing that worries me is um this is a recurrent issue uh so wall also suffered an ankle injury uh during his recovery process in 2022 and that's why he wasn't able to uh, make it to training camp that season so hopefully things go by pretty quickly hopefully he recovers quickly because he was on a hot streak he was playing really 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 well um and samsonov to come in tonight i mean the last time he's played was uh during uh november 24th i think that was black friday and uh, yeah and he was, he he's coming out off an illness yeah coming yeah. off an illness that's a tough tough uh you know kind of assignment to have especially because you know martin jones is the backup now so you know if he does get pulled it's not like joseph falls coming back in and uh yeah wall's been excellent you know uh recently so Tough assignment for Samsonov, and also this was our first win with uh, more than one goal as a lead since like November 11th, which is insane. It's our first game that wasn't a one goal game since November 11th. We played a lot of tight games, so it's nice to see a full 60, especially after that horrible Senators game. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I would say that you know I think that's really good assessment because again, like Toronto did everything right pretty much in every area it's yeah and and it's you know at this type of performance and what we saw from from nashville <laughs> oh my god are you okay yeah. <laughs> i just went down the wrong pipe oh my god <laughs> carry on i'm sorry i'm just gonna die oh, off yeah, camera. No, you're good <laughs> give you a second if you need <laughs> so um but yeah so i mean they the, you know, the teams like under Peter Laviolette or John Hines, I could, you know, this type of, you know, just offensive no-show from Nashville mm -hmm. uh, kind of would seem like, yeah, they just got outplayed. But uh, Andrew Brunette has had kind of turned this team completely inside out. Uh, you know, he's working with a really young team. A lot of the stars, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, guys like that are all with different teams now. Um, but he's he's had them really focused in on generating lots of high danger uh, chances and things like that. And tonight, I mean, Nashville couldn't get near Samsonov for, for most of the evening. And, you know, credit to the Toronto defense that they they played, you know, pretty strong, but only when they needed to, which wasn't very often because Nashville, I mean, I felt like they didn't have the puck. I'd probably say, you know, 60, 70 percent of the game they were they were chasing the puck. So uh, Toronto did look pretty, really, really impressive. And, and I think it was probably a good game for uh, that defense in front of Samsonov because, you know, coming back from being sick and, uh, you know, they made it pretty easy on him uh, comparatively. Yeah, and with all of the injuries we have to our back end, like, you know, that I think that was the biggest concern for me coming out of the Senators game. Like, Legison is also sick right now, so Lajoie is in, and then Benoit is in, and, of course, Timmons is in because we have three injuries or three or four injuries to our back end. Mm -hmm. um, and they've been a little shaky recently uh, in terms of our defensive core. So I don't know if they just, you know, rallied around Samsonov coming back and, and just needing to kind of elevate their game, but literally one of the most complete games i've seen them play and uh you know credit to the leafs today i think they really contained and even when they were up two nothing three nothing they really never let off the pedal um and they really just controlled most of the play uh throughout the game and that's coming up like and nashville's not an easy team to face like i think they've won slow start but they've won like what nine of their last 11 coming into this game yeah nine and yep. two in the last 11 yeah so like they're a hot team and they've got a lot of great players so mm -hmm. you know credit to the Leafs I think they really did put together uh, a good game against a pretty tough opponent yeah. oh yeah I mean uh 
Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly have been red hot. You know, UC Soros and Kevin, Kevin Lincoln. I mean, he's been, they brought him in last at the beginning of last season um, after they had uh, let go of Connor Ingram, which looking back now is a little hard to, to think about. Yeah. But, um, you know, Kevin Lincoln came in like the season, you know, last season looked, he was a very, very good backup. I mean, I, th- I thought he might actually get some offers, you know, by some other teams, but Nashville brought him back and he's been good in, in the short amount of time he's, he's played. I mean, he's only played in a handful, but uh, Forsberg and O'Reilly, I mean, they, they made plays, they looked good, but I think only because they are making plays on defense and that's not what you want out of your top line is O'Reilly and Forsberg blocking a ton of shots <laughs> and stealing things in the, in a defensive zone. Uh, you want them up there doing something, but again, they couldn't even, they couldn't even get close to Samson off uh, all night. So yeah, what the you know what Toronto was doing in the game plan they had, it worked to perfection. Yeah, and honestly, Lankinen, like for letting in three goals, he was pretty damn good throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, absolutely. I don't think any of those goals were in on or like on him, and he was just he kept them in it. I think honestly, and it's it's like that's straight from the the beginning of the game mm-hmm. with the Marner breakaway. I mean, that's a tough, absolutely first like good chance to to have to stop. But yeah, I thought he was excellent too, Lankinen. Yeah. I mean, he still finished. I think he still finished um, saving, you know, about you know below expected. So I mean, he was uh, he still uh, sorry above expected. So I mean, yeah. I think they had about like almost four expected goals. It you was know, and just it ended four point so, six seven. Yeah, yeah. So that's expected that's goals. pretty incredible that he was able to to <laughs> you know fight that much off and and still keep this game because uh, you know after that second you know the second period started and it was all Toronto just from the jump yeah. there. Uh, I think Na- Nashville did a good job of kind of keeping Toronto contained in the first. They slowed the game down for for themselves, but slowed the game down for Toronto, kind of keeping guys like Matthews and Tavares kind of pushed to the outside. And, you know, I thought that Nashville might be able to work with that uh, coming into the second if they can, you know, get some stretch passes, get some uh, rush chances off of those. But, you know, they were there were guys playing, you know, minute, minute and a half shifts just near constantly. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it's hard. It's hard to generate anything when you're constantly on your heels in, in your own zone. And, you know, Toronto eventually, that's what that difference. I think, you know, Nashville is a very, is a good team. They're not, you know, again, like I still have my doubts if it's a playoff team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm very impressed with the work of Barry Trotz and, and Andrew Brunette so far. I mean, just, I, this is a little bit better than I was expecting. And I think a lot of people were expecting um, but you know, that's the difference between a team that's, that's scrappy, you know, a team that's, you know, kind of put together by a lot of part, you know, old parts and things like that, because, you know, they're rebuilding this team and then a team with a, a bunch of established veterans, superstars, you know, that's, that's where the talent gap shows up is what you yeah. saw in the second mm-hmm. and third, you know, there's just Nashville just couldn't keep up and Toronto pushed them off their game and, and credit to it because only a couple teams have been able to do that, you know, over the last two, two, uh, two and a half weeks. Yeah. And I think it's important to point out too that like a lot of the goals um that we saw today, right? We we did get that one um that one uh power play goal, but the first two goals, five on five goals, something that we've been really harping about for the Leafs, right? Their yeah. their lack of scoring on five on five play. Um and especially the fact that we got scoring from our top line and our fourth line. Um that was great to see. Camp second goal in, in two games. He's he's looking really, really good out there. That was a nice goal, too. Like, that did not look like a David Kampf usual goal. Like, <laughs> yeah. that rush, you know, fighting off McDonough, who was back-checking and, and roofing it. That was a goal scorer's goal, and it came from David Kampf. Like, <laughs> good to see. I mean... Yeah, he split the defense I'm, there. He was playing... Uh, great pass by Timmons, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, that was fantastic. And even, like, the Matthews, man. <laughs> two goals today, he looked unstoppable and 
to be fair, I think it was Matthews too that that rung it off the post as well um, earlier on, mm-hmm. and so entire they they had a great game offensively. They looked fantastic, and um, uh, the cherry on top was that power play goal. I mean, before that, I think we were zero and four, zero for five, zero for 0 four, zero yeah. for five uh, in power plays, and finally we were able to to score one on the last uh, the last power play. So that was that was really really cool to see. Uh, but yeah, what were your thoughts, Armand? I guess on on the the five on five. Uh, so turnaround yeah five on five i thought they were really good i thought they were excellent throughout which is good to see like you said i think uh you know coming into this game our five on five i think is bottom half of the league Mm -hmm. overall like in terms of percentage um which is not great to see we've been kind of getting by on on just skill plays and finishing talent and occasionally the special teams uh but since you know the past few games our special teams have sort of dried up at least our power play uh that power play goal ended up being our first and i think or second we were one in 20 um coming into that power play so now we're two and 21 um but yeah they've really struggled uh recently on five on five so i thought you know pretty excellent game overall uh in terms of controlling the five on five play i think the expected goals came around 2.45 to the leafs to 0.96 uh for the predators so that's a pretty controlled uh game obviously the predators also hit a few posts and you know, yep. one inch, you know, to the side or or down, and this mm-hmm. this game can change pretty drastically. I think Tommy Novak ended up hitting two posts on two different yeah, power play opportunities. So, you know, there's a bit of luck involved there, but you know, you create your own luck. And I think that the Leafs overall, especially on five on five, we're getting slot chance, you know, shots mm-hmm. consistently. Uh, I'm looking at like this the shot chart here, and yeah, like. It's like a solid 10, 15 shots right in front of the net from the Mm -hmm. Leafs. So, you know, that's what you want to see. We had a few chances that, uh, you know, like John Tavares and um, I think it was Tyler Bertuzzi where uh, they were in prime scoring scoring areas, but then the puck just kind of hit off the stick. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's another one where if they get a clean shot on, that's probably a goal as well. So I thought overall, just an excellent, complete game from the Leafs. And it's nice to see the power play finally hit. Yeah, and that's bad. I mean, it was at a good time too because Nashville coming in, I think they had um, killed twenty five of their last thirty, and I mean, I think now they're at twenty six of thirty five. So I yeah. mean, like Nashville and their their penalty kill has not been good this season. I think that they've hit you know this this recent stretch has really made it seem a, a lot better. But I think you know they came in and you did they still killed four out of five, which yeah. you know against Toronto that's pretty. I mean, pretty you guys, it's normally pretty good. I mean, they blanked the Lightning. Uh, you know, just two days ago on the power play as well. So, you know, that's good that, that I think that finally kind of broke down. You had enough chances, I think, that, that uh, you know, eventually it was going to happen because Kevin Lankin, and again, I think he had an incredible game. I mean, you know, kind of like third star of the night type of thing just because he kind of held it down. Uh, it's like the old, what's that old story when they say, you know, the guy uh, walking on the beach, you know, he saw one pair of footprints in the sand. It was, that's Kevin Lankin. He, he was carrying the team. That's why you only saw the one, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, credit, credit to Toronto came out, looked really dominant, um, really impressive by up and down the lineup. Um, you know, a couple of guys, uh, Noah Gregor had an incredible game. Um, I mean, and it's, it's just, I mean, his numbers are ridiculous. I mean, look at five on five, um, shot attempts when he was on the ice, 11, 11 to four for Toronto, yeah. um, shots five to oh, a goal, um, a 97 expected goal percentage for for him on ice and then gets that you know picks up that goal at the end there so i mean he had just an incredible game and you know i think he had what nine minutes he wasn't even he didn't even hit 10 minutes at five on five so yeah 
Yeah. He's been excellent for the Leafs. I mean, like easily our best pickup over the offseason in terms of just pure value for contract. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, like in that fourth line, I don't know if you know, but early in the season, they got shelled so hard. Gregor, yep. Camp, and Reeves, mm-hmm. like they were consistently mm-hmm. getting shelled. And this was probably Ryan Reeves' best game of the season as well. He created a mm-hmm. few chances for checking. And, uh, you know, he wasn't a complete liability in his own end, which is... <laughs> more than i'm ha- like i'm more than happy with that you know performance from ryan reeves uh and you know camp and gregor really really drove that line to some pretty solid scoring chances which is not the common occurrence uh when you're getting that you know few uh uh time on ice and also a lot of defensive uh, uh deployment but uh in terms of the overall best signing of the off season i think that goes to one Ryan O'Reilly. And I'm curious yeah. what your thoughts are on him so far, because he's been really, really good. He killed us the last time we played you guys. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he got two goals in that OT win for the Predators. Uh, and he had, I think, five shots on net today, something like that. Two yeah, I, really good chances. Yeah, just excellent play. And I'm he's been incredible from the from the jump, I think, which has been kind of crazy because when that happened, you know, I think a lot of people were just kind of surprised, like. You know, we're like, you know, what's what Nashville's doing now, right? Like they yeah. pushed, you know, they pushed rebuilding off for two or three years longer than they should have, and they're tearing everything down. I mean, Barry Trotz came in and you know he set the old place on fire basically and said we're gonna let a bunch of guys go, we're gonna put a bunch of contracts on the books and ship them out. And uh, Ryan O'Reilly still wanted to come, and from I mean the first minute, I think the first practice with him and Forsberg on that first line, it was pretty evident that that it was going to be something special. I mean, I don't think Nashville has had. And the type of a, of a power forward um, kind of that, that Ryan O'Reilly is uh, yeah. in a long time. I mean, Forsberg can can do that, but I mean, because he's, you know, he's so talented just because he's got a good combination of, of technique and, um, and power. He can kind of power past the guy and use his body to create a lot of chances, but he's not a true power forward. He's not a guy you're sending crashing the net all the time. And, and Ryan O'Reilly has been that for Nashville and they haven't seen anybody really able to do that in quite some time. And you had, some runs with getting guys like Wayne Simmons and things like that, you know, yeah. way past prime Wayne Simmons, um, which is, <laughs> which is funny. It was, it. That was a fun yeah, year. We, we, know that. <laughs> we know that all too well too. <laughs> well, was that in uh, him? It was like him and, and Brian Boyle in that same year. Yeah. Nashville picked up and yeah, like, we all know the average Brian age of the, the predators by like 10 yeah. years. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, but, but Ryan O'Reilly has just been, I mean, he's, you know, I, I joke about it. I've joked about it a couple of times before that, you know, he's like, He's the, uh, one of the a new uh, analytics darling because like everything he's doing, he's, you know, at the net for everything he's generating, you know, he yeah. can get maybe just two shots on net and having, you know, 0.7 expected goals for the game. I mean, he's just incredible. And him and Forsberg working together. I mean, Forsberg is back on a, a career pace, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before he and, and Duchesne scored uh, 42 and 43 goals uh, a couple of years back, uh, Nashville had, had never had a 40 goal scorer. Yeah, and uh, Philip Forsberg has always been on the cusp of you know becoming like a, a I guess probably a true you know superstar in the NHL. He's kind of not, never quite been there yet. Yeah. Um. But you know he's been, had trouble staying healthy. Um. You know, or he just hits a slump, and like for the whole month of October, he had one goal, and then he scored fourteen since then. So yeah, you know he's he's been he's on a really great pace. I mean, I think O'Reilly is back. You know, at prime O'Reilly sc- scoring pace right now, which is which is crazy to think about given his career. Um, but you know, for four, four and a half million dollars, like that's, that's money. That's so, yes, that's, yeah, that's, I was really upset. Well spent. I was really upset when the Leafs, uh, when I saw that contract and I was so hoping he would resign with the Leafs, but of course there was some stuff probably going on behind the scenes as well in terms of if he wanted to play with us, but 
Yeah, it was right. a great contract. But I mean, and it's it's been kind of like that. I mean, feast or famine for a lot of the guys that you know Trotz has brought in. You know, you look yeah. at guys like. Um, you know, Gustav Nyquist, I didn't expect a lot out of him. And he's up on that line with Ryan O'Reilly and Forsberg. And he's, he's been very good. Like, very, I mean, surprisingly strong. I mean, yeah, the guy, I mean, I, I was in the locker room the night, like he, his wife had his baby that morning and he was at the game and he was sitting at the locker room. And right before the cameras came, you know, we turned everything on to talk to him. I was like, we, we can just go so you can leave if you want to. He's like, no, no, no. You know, he got a goal that night. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's been really great too. And so there's guys like that. Then also you have, you guys, you have guys like Luke Shen who, yeah. um, you know, Luke Shen, Tyson Berry. Um, mm-hmm. Those two guys are, you know, on the blue, on, you know, Nashville's, kind of historically known to having this really strong defensive core. And now it's, it's Roman Yossi and, um, you know, Tyson Berry was brought in the Matias at home trade. Um, and he brought in to help the power play and he's been, he's been stuck on the second power play unit when he's not been healthy scratch because he just has not generated anything, you know, and for a guy yeah. who's a kind of a offensive defenseman, yeah. he wasn't producing, he's not producing offense and he's mm-hmm. worse off defensively. And so, you know, you have kind of back and forth things and a lot of young players, you know, these are guys that, you know, looking at Tomasino, Evangelista, Kiefer Sherwood. I mean, a lot of these guys, some of these lines you see, Tommy Novak, they work so well together because they they played in Milwaukee together for two years. Like these yeah. guys came up when everybody was injured last year and everything, you know, started to turn over. Um, and so it's nice to see these, pro, you know, these guys uh, up there, not, you know, Evangelista was the first round pick, but when the guys like Tommy Novak, he's been around for a while. You know, he played, yeah. he's played in Milwaukee for quite some time and been around the league a little bit. And he's been a kind of a surprise uh, as well. So it's, it's been interesting uh, this, you know, having those lowered expectations because, yeah, you know, you know, the team is rebuilding. It does, it does help. It's a lot of, yeah. the, the team is a lot more fun to watch because of Andrew Brunette. Um, yeah. Again, like I thought that Brunette was probably the second best hire of the off season behind Spencer Carberry, but I think Brunette's making a stronger case for being, you know, probably the best first year coach so far. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, speaking on Tyson Berry, actually, a lot of similar issues with his tenure with the Leafs in terms of getting power play uh, two time, mm-hmm. not really producing all too much and obviously being a defensive liability. We have had comments back and forth between him and Barry Trotz in terms of him wanting it out. And there was actually some... Uh, uh, <laughs> There's some discussion about if the Leafs should bring him in because we're looking for defensive help. I think the SAP like, talked about it too. No, yeah, like no. So, no, so no, guys, you can't, you can't beat me. To, you, you can't beat me to my pitch before I make it. <laughs> this is the Tyson Berry showcase game. All right, who, who do you want? Who, who helped throw this game for you guys? You know, you guys are mourning, you're grieving um, for Otani, and so you know. He, he he did he went out of his way to to help this team you know get a 4-0 shutout i mean you, wouldn't you love to have a player like that on your team i mean look how uh, good he was in the power play with connor uh, connor mcdavid and and uh, the yeah it like what actually blew my mind that i was seeing some uh some discourse about that i was like oh god no not the type of player we're looking for on the back end right now although he is yeah. good like no disrespect to tyson berry like give him some power play one time and he will rack up points but uh yeah, uh, I, I, I mean that might be a different version of the one than he's, you know, since he, he's been in Nashville. But uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's sort of hit or miss. Like with Edmonton, I thought he was pretty solid on the power play. With us, just wasn't going for him. And yeah. then yeah, like with Colorado, he was obviously really good. And then you guys, not so much. But, so. but I mean, I think I could pick up a point on on like in a you know a Connor McDavid power play, or even the Colorado power play, like with McKinnon. Right. Like yeah, he's had talent everywhere he's gone <laughs> in terms of forward talent, like elite players so mm-hmm. yeah 
It, it's an but interesting yeah, I think he's uh, great with Toronto. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if it happens. I really hope hope it doesn't. But you know, <laughs> we'll find another trade partner. <laughs> yeah, that's it's an interesting uh, position to be in for Barry. I know that. Uh, like, did you? I'm sure you saw the Barry Trotz comments. I, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that because it, it there's clearly some like um issues with Barry Trotz in terms of how Barry went public with it. Do, is there well, any see, the, other comments like that, that on the Nashville end? So, yeah. So basically what I think what happened was is that, that the, the stuff that came out about Barry, I guess, requesting a trade, um, that came out, you know, like I think Trotz came out on the radio here and said basically like all four people knew about this and yeah. it wasn't any of us. And, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. I don't I think that they were wanting to, you know, it obviously it's just it isn't working and i think that the team has has seen that and and he has seen it and i think they both you know realize that something's not working um and so you know i think trots was kind of disappointed that it did get out because i think both sides kind of lose leverage in that you know yeah um you know barry's probably gonna you know, nashville now is gonna be like well the price on you now that they know that you're basically floating out there and we're just trying to get rid of you your price has gone down you know what what's gonna take so maybe not just you know stick you on stick you on the bench and let you ride the bench for a while um, you know, wasn't wasn't thrilled with that, but I mean, that's another thing with Barry Trotz. I mean, he made it pretty clear. You know, he said he didn't want Nashville to be a place for players to come and retire. You know, and and there had been those comments by a lot of guys over, you know, famously Matt Duchesne about how he, you know, he always wanted to be here. Um, but I mean, if you think about it, I mean, Trotz came in and, you know, I think like three or you know two of the biggest free agents, you know, front and for forwards for for uh, David Poyle in recent years were Duchesne and Johansson bringing those two in. And both of them got sent out because, you know, there's just like, if it's not, they're not going to bring to the table, you know, what he wanted. And, you know, they also had a lot of money. It's like eight, you know, $8 million for each of those two players. And so, you know, a guy like Tyson Berry, if you get that out there, it's just, it drives the price down. Nashville has less of incentive to actually trade you. And so, you know, and so it's, it's, it's rough to see that, but I think that Trotz has been pretty clear since day one that, you know, you want to be here, you know, you can be here, but if it's just not working out, then, you know, they're going to let you, they're going to let the guys go. So uh, it's, it's been, it's been interesting to see. It's going to be a very different philosophy than, than under David Poyle. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. We're going to take a few questions from the chat. So uh, the first one is from Matthew and Curtis Joseph, who are talking about John Tavares, because he is now sitting at 998 points and our next game is against the New York Islanders. And Ooh. so there is potential and he hits a thousand in New York against the Islanders, which I am very much hoping uh, happens mm-hmm. because I think the booze would be tremendous. Uh, I think he deserves to, honestly. I think he deserves to as well. I think there was a lot of, you know, even in the broadcast today, they were talking about how kind of John Tavares has had a bit of a slow start and, uh, you know, his play hasn't been exactly up to the standard that his he's getting paid for, which is understandable. He has an $11 million cap hit. But with that being mm-hmm. said, he, I think he takes so much more shit than he deserves like he's an excellent player and i would absolutely love to see it against the islanders so he can just shove it in their face i do not like the islanders (laughs) (laughs) couldn't tell (laughs) uh yeah let's see another question from matthew barrier labushkin for the leafs uh neither yeah (laughs) i think that's the real answer yeah do you not think at those cap hits either do you think that they're still in on on like tanif though i'm sure they're still in on TANF. what do you think it's gonna I'm cost positive. though oh so here's that's my question is arm and a leg 
Yeah. How? What, what is Toronto plan on doing about the whole cap situation that they're in? Well, the cap situation is a little easier now with Klingberg like decidedly That's not like being four, able to play the rest of the mil? season. Yeah. So we have like four mil in cap space that we didn't have before that they can utilize. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, like I think everyone knows the position the Leafs are in. We really don't have a ton of leverage in terms mm-hmm. of getting a defenseman because it's so public that uh, Brad Tree Living is looking for a defenseman and we have like four injuries on the back end and now we have an injury to our starting goaltender. So it's going to be even more pressure on the Leafs to kind of make a move. Um, yeah, it's going to cost an arm and a leg to get Tanev. I don't want to, you know, throw the farm just to get one year of Tanev. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Like, if we're going to pay a lot of money, get someone with term. I I don't like spending too much for rentals. Yeah, that's like the go-to that the Leafs have kind of uh, that they've kind of been doing the last couple of years, and you hate to see the amount of the amount of darts they kind of throw, and nothing it, it doesn't really work out for them. Yeah, you kind of want someone uh, to stick around long term, um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know what they're what they're really going to do. Like, what who else is available that other than Tanif that would be a, a great fit? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's tough, right? It, it, it'll clear up during the, the deadline, uh-huh. I think, right now. Like, right now is a weird time to kind of make a trade like that, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Unless things really get dire for the Leafs, where we're dropping games because, you know, of the goaltending or defense, uh, defensive position. But, like, Lilligren should be back soon. You know, I expect Gio to be back relatively soon, like, mm-hmm. in January. And so, like, I don't want to make a panic move just because we're down a few d-men you know we're in a, we're not in a bad spot right now so would you be interested in like stick it out would you be interested in maybe like sh- uh shipping out a lily or or someone like that no to... not at all no okay no what no, about not someone at with, all. Contra- with with term no because lily does have term like lily's he only has one year left on his contract but he's mm-hmm. an rfa so you still retain rights yeah. um if it was like a guy like brody no because he's useful Right, like all of our guys who are rentals, <laughs> that's a problem. Like, but you, you have to get rid of someone if you yeah, if you're you have to give to get. And I don't want to. Yeah, right? I don't want to give to get. Like, <laughs> so we're not in a spot where we can really do that. Like we don't have mm-hmm. that much offensive depth either. Like you can't go and mm-hmm. go out and go out and like sell even a guy like Cali Yarncroke. Like who are you going to slot in there instead of him? Mm-hmm. The one guy you Cali can Yarncroke is incredible. Another he is, he is. on this show because I have been I'm just a forever a Cal Yarncroke fan. I have missed him so much since he went in the expansion draft to Seattle. Uh, yeah, he was all over the place tonight too. He was incredible. He is incredible. And the, the thing, the, the best thing about Cal Yarncroke is he can slot in anywhere in the lineup. Like you put him in a bottom six everything. defensive yeah. role, he ex- excels. Like you put him with Matthews and Marner, and he was one of the better players in that top six. Like obviously, it's not ideal. You want a high offense mm-hmm. player. But you can slot him there in a pinch, and he doesn't look out of place. He's got a killer shot. Like, mm-hmm. Ali Yarkov at 2.1 million is so good. And, and if, my boy got my boy got you no know, tra- no movement or modified no tra- trade clause. So, I mean, like, yeah, good for like, him. There's not a lot of 
things you can do. You can move, you can ship out Ryan Reeves and good luck getting anything back <laughs> for him. Like that's the well, only player now, that's really so you say that, but Reeves is the type of guy that teams like that are in playoff position will always waste want. money on at the deadline. Yeah. It happens every year. Those types of players. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like don't, a... don't, don't cut that, that possibility out. And also, you know, maybe sending Yarn Crook back to Nashville. That'd also be not a bad idea. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I Tyson Barry, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, mostly joking, but yes, Tyson Barry. But, but I mean, if you guys, another, I think, player that <laughs> I, I don't like this idea, but this rumor has been going around for over probably a year and a half now is uh, Dante Fabro with Nashville. Oh, um, I like Fabro. I do too. It's not, it's, he, he got kind of pushed into service after, yeah. you know, his time. Uh, you know, in college hockey, and I think he's he's just not been Nashville. I think fans look at a defensive player and they're like, okay, is this a Shea Weber? Is this a Roman Yossi? Is this a Ryan Ellis? Is this? Steve? I mean, Matthias yeah. Ekholm got a lot of flack for a long time, and he was probably you know over the course of three or four years uh, with Nashville. I mean, he played as one of the best defensive uh, defensemen in in the entire NHL. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Nashville kind of had that whole mythos around how their their offensive defensemen. And, um, you know, and so he hasn't, you know, he's had some rookie mistakes. I mean, he's, he's a young guy, but I think that he's absolutely been a good part of this team, especially now, you know, this team being as young as it is. I mean, it's, he's kind of like the second marquee defenseman that Nashville has. That's like Madonna who's been kind of out in and out of the lineup. And so, you know, um, a guy like Dante Fabro, which I'm trying to see what his cap hit is. um, It can't be much. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. but I mean, he, I'm pretty sure he's on a pretty cheap deal. Yeah, 2.5 million ends this year. And he's a, a, a RFA. Yeah, and he's got a 56% uh, expected goals. Uh, well, all situations. Let's see, five on five here. Yeah, 57.1% on ice expected goals percentage, according to Money Puck at five on five. Like, I, I like his advanced stats. I'd be curious to see what he would cost. But if we were going to get someone, I'd be fine with that Dante Fabro. I like him. Yeah. And again, I don't want to see that happen. I want, I would like to see, I mean, he did, you know, the, the development that, you know, it took for him to get to Nashville and, and play this type of role. I think that he's, you know, he's not quite at the peak. He's not at the peak of what he can do. I think, I think he's a very good defenseman. It may just take some time or it could be a thing where he gets a change of scenery and explodes. Um, yeah. But he's a guy that I think is, that's the type of player I think that, you know, if, if you're really hunting for a defenseman over the next couple of months, like that's the type of player you might want to zero in on because you can get a guy who's especially with, you know, one year left at 2.5, uh, you, you'd have our, you know, RFA rights on the players. You can, you know, work, have extra time to work with them. Uh, that's kind of an ideal situation, especially for a team that's so strapped right now. Like Toronto, yeah. I think it's like what sixteen million dollars in the LTIR pool. So yeah, that's mean, a lot. Yeah, th- th- you know that some of that stuff has to get taken care of eventually. Yeah, um, absolutely. And yeah. it's unfortunate you, you can't control injuries and things like that. Um, but you know, it's that that's the type of signing and the kind of deal that you get at the deadline where that doesn't push your off season back or doesn't you know keep you take a step back. You know, when you get to the off season, it didn't work out for the playoffs. So. Now, now you've got this guy you got to try to get rid of or, you know, doesn't want to return. I think it's a really good situation for, for Toronto if they can find a player like that. Yeah. All right. We got another question here it's from Luke Venables, who, or, sorry if I mispronounced that. He said that shutout was X percent solid defense and Y percent Samsonov. What are your X and Y values? And I would say like a solid 50-50. Like Samsonov was excellent today, uh, but there were a few... Uh, chances where rebound control was a bit of an issue. And I thought the defense did a really good job of uh, making sure that they either blocked the shot. Like you saw Timmons with a really bad giveaway in the first period. 
and then he hustles back to block a shot like prime scoring mm-hmm. area and i think that was the big key that i haven't really seen in the past uh, few games was the commitment to defense and especially mm-hmm. after giving the puck away like nylander also had to play in the offensive zone where he was the last man back gave the puck away and then hustled back and, and took a chance away as well um there was a, a strong commitment to defense from like everyone on the ice mm-hmm. uh for the Leafs and I thought they did a good job of removing that second and third chance and really Samsonov just had to make that first save and uh he was pretty excellent throughout in terms of positioning he was super aggressive I really liked his game so yeah I would say 50-50 on that one I mean, what do you think uh, oh yeah go ahead yeah. I was gonna say Samsonov he did really great I mean he he was you know perfect I mean he's a shutout yeah. Um, but he also, you know, what 14 shots at five on five. I mean, he didn't yeah. face very much at I all. Agree. And that's, I mean, and again, I'd say 75, 25, but that's nothing against Samsonov. He did yeah. his job, you know, better. I mean, the best you can do it. That's you can't, yeah. you can't ask for more out of a goaltender except for maybe a goal or something too. But, um, <laughs> yeah. he just, he didn't have much. And they barely, they he barely just hit one expected goal, uh, against him in five, in five on five. So, I mean, it's he he didn't have to do much, but that's because the defense was just so outstanding for for Toronto. Yeah, I I completely agree with you, uh, Brian. I think the defense was was fantastic today, and that's something that's that's kind of haunted the Leafs the last couple of games, or honestly, this whole season. Um, Wall has had to absolutely stand on his head to to yeah. get the Leafs. Pretty much why he got injured of, too, exactly. Yeah, like, he was yeah, last overworked. game, yeah, last game, like he. Com- he was fantastic. He, it's the first time in a long time where I thought that hey, the Leafs actually go lead someone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So when when that happens, yeah, you're uh, you're having a lot of fun. But yeah, like today you get Sammy in. Sammy hasn't looked good this entire season. Um, uh, he's coming off like you said the flu, right? And he's he's obviously had a lot of time off. Um, and he didn't have a lot of uh he he didn't have a lot of shots like he really had to block um i think it ended off uh with 18 shots on goal by nashville and uh like you said brian like there wasn't a lot of high scoring chances at all um so mm-hmm. that was <clears throat> really good to see from from the Leafs players through through and throughout the entire roster um they all uh they they all committed to defense and just helped the guy out um and yeah didn't leave it up to chance for for sammy to have to make some outstanding saves right so I would say, yeah, yeah like the 60-40, somewhere around there. Yeah. All right. And uh, I think that's uh, there's a lot of the questions done here. Armand, did you see any other questions you wanted to go for? Uh, no, no, we can we can end it there. Perfect. Okay. Um, so again, Brian, thanks again for, for coming out tonight. Uh, it was a, a fun game for us. I, I'm sure it wasn't as fun for you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it kept it. They kept it interesting for a long time. I think. I mean, uh-huh. I was surprised that Toronto. That, you know, when Nashville lets a game like this kind of get away, as far as like on offense, usually you see like you know their matchups against Edmonton, where it's a seven to one, you know, eight to zero victory or loss. You know, for Nashville, I was very surprised that that Toronto didn't open up a bigger lead earlier. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I didn't think that Nashville had a chance, even just being down two coming into the third, just in the way that they played. But I mean. You know, that's kind of a dangerous two goal lead to to kind of dangle in front of you because you know one goal like you know somebody hit probably know that hits yeah. gets a goal instead of a, po- a post it's a just one goal game and it could have changed but um you know it was fun to watch at least i think it was mm-hmm. fun to get my mind off of all the things that are happening around me today so uh at least <laughs> there was that and again again you know my thoughts and prayers for you guys up in toronto for for your baseball woes because that's <laughs> that's rough 
we'll uh we'll oh, have yeah. the weekend to to uh go over and <laughs> cry our eyes out <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but yeah that's gonna do it here from us uh for all of you guys watching thank you guys for sticking around uh we appreciate each and every one of you everyone listening at home thank you uh if you're still here make sure you click the like uh make sure you hit subscribe we've got a lot of other uh game overs for all the other canadian markets here on uh, the sdpn youtube channel uh brian give us a shout out where can the people find you uh, yeah, you can find me at uh, uh, on the forecheck there. I'll be uh, providing coverage uh, for about half the home games this season, so I'll be there. Um, also, after almost every game, uh, do a little bit of a recap segment for the Renegades of Puck on YouTube. You can search that. Um, we, we do try to get a, a full game recap. Uh, Charlie Sonia, he's the one who hosts that. I mean, he does a ton of work every single night after every Nashville game to get that up uh, within a few hours of, of the game being over. And then I do a little five minute stats talk um, at the end because everybody loves math. So <laughs> that's where you can find me. And then, um, you know, doing some stuff too with the, with the larger network with um, for hockey fans, which is kind of where a lot of the former SB nation sites went. And, and uh, we've been, you know, had great leadership. I got people like uh, Steph driver, who's really, you know, helped get us all back together and, and working together and things have started to really pick back up. So I'm excited for that in the future as well yeah that's great everyone make sure you check that out uh there's a lot of fun stuff going on there and then uh armand give us a give us your your social you find me on twitter at armand pontiki as always mm -hmm. and uh for myself it's harnish underscore patel 98 that's gonna do it here from us have a great night everyone enjoy the rest of your weekend we will see you guys um when's the next game against the islanders uh, uh november 11th i think yeah november, november 11th <laughs> you mean december i mean december 11th, december 11th uh, two yeah. days from now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll don't see. play for another 11 months <laughs> we'll, we'll see you guys all there good night